Good morning and greetings to you all. I am so thankful to be able to present the word of God to you today. And I'm also thankful to our Abundant Life Church leaders uh, who just allowed this opportunity. So let's get into the word. So we're living in a time where we are in constant situations that cause constant pressure. And if I use myself as an example, you know, before our present situation, you know, my workload was heavy. I honestly struggled to keep up with the workload at times. And then COVID happened. And everything that I had, every rhythm that I had before, just went haywire. And now we find ourselves working from home and in these situations where our workload is so much um, larger. And in the midst of that, we are not given the resources that we need and the support that we need just because of our constant um, situation, everything that we're going through, not necessarily the job's fault. We were all caught off guard. And if I was to be honest, I'm frustrated. Is there anyone who can actually be in agreement with me? <laughs> Are we bold enough to admit that we're frustrated? We're tired, we're overwhelmed, we're exhausted, but it's okay. And so this morning, I want to encourage you that if you heard anything else this morning, that in the midst of everything that you may be going through, in the midst of every situation, in the midst of how frustrated you may be, how much pressure you may be under, that God is with you. So this morning, I want to talk to all of you and I pray that there is a word that pierced your heart, but I especially want to talk to those who are in leadership positions, those who have high intensified jobs, and to encourage you this morning that no matter what you're going through, God is with us. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that the word that you have given, may it penetrate the hearts of every person who is listening, those who are watching. God, when we're living in a time where we are under pressure, let us hold true to your word, that you will not leave us, that you will not forsake us, but that you are ever present and you are with us in this time, in this season, no matter what we're going through. So Lord, I pray for a word that causes us to recognize who you are. And I pray for a word, God, that it would even penetrate the hearts of, of those who may be in need of salvation. And Lord, I pray, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh Lord, I pray. So this morning, I want to talk to you from the book of Daniel chapter three. So if you have your devices, if you have your Bible, I want you to join me with Daniel chapter three. We're gonna start at verse 19 and the scripture will be on the screen. And the word of the Lord says, then Nebuchadnezzar full of fury and the expression on his face changed toward Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. He spoke and commanded that they heat the, fi the furnace seven times more 
than it was usually heated. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king commanded, because the king's command was urgent the, and the, the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego fell down, bound into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, did we not cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? And they answered and said to the king, true, O king. And he says, look, the king, look, he answered. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth one is like the son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came from the midst of the fire. And the satraps, the administrators, governors, and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on whose bodies the fire had no power. The hair on their head was not singed, nor were the garments affected and the smell of fire was not on them. Nebuchadnezzar spoke saying, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angels and delivered his servants, who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they should not serve nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make a decree that any people, nation, or language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a ash heap, because there is no other God who can deliver like this. In verse 30, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. The book of Daniel takes place during a time when Israel was taken captive and enslaved by King Nebuchadnezzar. If we were to start reading from the beginning of Daniel chapter, uh, chapter 1, we would quickly realize that Daniel and these who we named as the three Hebrew boys were people who were already in leadership position. 
The king, when they were looking for people to serve in the palace, had specific characteristics that they were looking for. They wanted people who were gifted in wisdom, who were uh, without blemish, those who were um, just able to function in a high-ranking position. And so we can assume that if they selected this group of men, it was because in their previous roles, they were in situations or in jobs where they were able to exhibit their leadership skills. And so in the first two chapters of, of, chap, um, of the book of Daniel, we don't hear a lot about the three Hebrew boys. But as we swiftly move into the end of chapter two, we now see where Daniel is petitioning for his friends to be placed in positions of leadership. So just as an encouragement, it's okay to know people in high places because with his influence, he was able to help his friends who knew what they were doing and had those leadership skills, but he was able to get them jobs in the palace. And so now we enter into Daniel chapter three. We enter into our text where we find the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, one who historically has been a little wishy-washy, if we were to give a word, because he's one who in previous times has declared how great our God is, God capital G. But in the same token, now we find him at the beginning of Daniel chapter 3, where he is literally constructing a golden image of himself. And what we see in those verses, what's happening is they are now gathering the people, the government officials, all of these people gathering themselves around so that they can have a dedication of this statue, of this golden image. And so it's so interesting to me because I think about times where I've been at work. Can you think about a time where you've been at work and you know, you're in your office, you're minding your business, you're in your cubicle, whatever that may look like. And then there's a, a team meeting, a group meeting that is called and we're all gathered together. And in that moment, there is something that is said, a request that is given that is contrary to your very belief system. And I say this without judgment because we've all had experiences in our lives where we should have stood up, we should have said something, but instead we've quieted ourselves and just went with the flow because we were afraid of what the repercussions may be. We were afraid that we might lose our job, whatever it may be. And in this same situation, here we find Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They're Abednego, they are gathered in the midst of this province with all of the government officials and all of these people. And here comes a heralding saying that we command you, O oh people, the nations and the languages, that when you hear these instruments, that you are to bow down and worship this image. So here we are with these three men who are now faced with an ultimatum. And without hesitation, these men do not bow down. And so as the story goes, you know, we have the, the haters who then run to the king and the king is now enraged because 
he had a command and the people who he had in leadership positions did not take heed. So he decided, I'm going to give you a second chance because just maybe, just maybe you didn't hear what was said. Maybe you just had a moment where you just tuned out and you just didn't hear it or it was just miscommunicated. And so he said, I want to give you another opportunity to be able to do what is commanded of you. And he also wanted to emphasize that if you don't do this, if you don't bow down, you will burn. And we have been faced with situations like that, even on our jobs where it might sound illegal, it might sound as if they're not able to do that, but what happens when you are the only one who has a concern? But what's interesting about that is as soon as they were given this second chance to bow to this golden image, without hesitation, they still stood their ground. And when we look at um, verse 17, he says, these men say, if this is the case, if you're telling us that if we don't bow down that we're going to burn, if this is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace and he will deliver us from your hand. But if not, let it be known to you that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship a golden image. In that moment, they decided to make a statement to say, it doesn't matter at all what you're saying to us. It doesn't matter if my life, my career, and even my relationship with God who's on question, it doesn't matter what predicament I may be in. I am going to stand my ground. It reminds me of Esther 4 and 16 when she's in the midst of um, fighting for her people's life, her life. And she breaks uh, protocol by entering into the presence of the king. But at the end, she says, if I perish, I perish. And I see the same thing with these three Hebrew boys who are saying, if I got to burn, then I will burn. There is a point when our faith is going to come into question. There is a point when we are going to be faced with the question of who do you serve? And even with that question, we're going to be asked, are you willing to stand on whatever that answer may be? If you say, I am going to serve God, are we willing to stand on that even unto death? So here we find in this passage of scripture, these three Hebrew boys, or should we even say three Hebrew men who have now stood their ground. And so the, the king is now frustrated he is enraged about what is going on. He's so upset that he tells his servants, you know what? I need you to increase the fire of this furnace seven times hotter, seven times hotter than it would normally be. He was so upset 
that just an ordinary burning fire in, this fir in the, the fiery furnace, fire is hot, y'all. Even in that, he says, no, because of the disrespect that I'm feeling, I am going to increase this heat to that extent. But what I find so interesting is as they are bound, as they are in full clothing, full array, bound up, and ready to be thrown in the fire, as this is happening, the people who were throwing them into the fire actually lost their lives, which is something to think about. Can we just pause right there that these men were thrown into the fire, which means they made it through the fire, number one. And also in that, that the people who put them in the burning fiery furnace lost their lives. Can I encourage you that sometimes there are situations that you are going to go through and what may be killing others won't kill you. If that's not a hallelujah moment right there to understand that there may be situations in your life that will take other people down. There may be pressure that other people may have experienced, but what has taken them down, what has caused them to crumble under pressure will still not affect you and allow you to stand. It's a miracle when we think about even in the natural sense, when we understand how under extreme pressure a diamond is formed. And even when we think about the extreme heat that clay undergoes, it is under that heat where clay becomes pottery. I believe that this season, this season is intentional. And I'm not saying that, you know, whether or not God has caused this pandemic or whatever that may be. But I do believe if we understand the word, and we understand the word to say that in all things work together for the good of those who love him. So no matter what the situation is, how it came about, but the one thing that I do believe is that in all of this, our process is connected to our promise. God is not keeping us in situations and keeping us under pressure because he has nothing better to do. I understand that oftentimes in church, we have the tendency to always talk about God delivering us out of something. But the question today is, what if he doesn't? What if God doesn't deliver you out? And that's the key word, because it's not, we serve a delivering God. But what if he doesn't deliver you out of the situation that you're experiencing? What if he doesn't deliver you out of the particular situation that may be going on in your life? What do we do with that? I think about a person who may be drowning. And a lot of times when you think of a drowning person, they're flapping their arms and they're always, they're trying to get out and they're trying to figure out how they can keep themselves from going under. When in reality, the best thing for a drowning person to do is to just be still. Because in that stillness, in that moment where you are focused on just that single thing in this instance, as we're focused on God, be still and know that I am God. As we're focused there, 
for a drowning person, that's when they begin to float to the top. So there's three points that I want you to remember. When we're thinking about just how you may be feeling in this season, I'll confess that a lot of times I say, oh, I feel like I'm drowning. God had to remind me what is the best thing for a drowning person, and that is to be still. Can you do that with me? Can you take a moment? I know that some of you may be sitting in front of your computer, your TV, your devices. Some of you may be doing other things, but can you just take a moment and stop? Be still. And remember these three points. Point number one, God is with you. Sit there for a moment. Point number two, God is with you. I think you, you might see where I'm going with this. So we're going to try point number three. God is with you. Sit in that for a moment and understand that when we say that God is with you, God is not with you because he just wants to keep you company in a particular situation. But God is with you for specific reasons and purposes. And when we think about our text, there's two things that are revealed in this process of God being with us. Number one, God is with us to show an unbelieving world that God still reigns supreme. Number two, God is with us because he wants to complete the work that he has started in you. A couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a sermon um, from Bishop T.D. Jakes. And out of this hour service that I watched, it was good, but there was one statement that came out and it struck me so hard. And that statement says, whenever there is elevation, it is usually preceded by extreme frustration. Wow. Let me say that again. Whenever there is elevation, it is usually preceded by extreme frustration. Has anyone been frustrated lately? If you have. Have you considered that maybe the pressure you are under is because God desires to elevate you? Have you considered that the pressure you may be under is because God is working some things out of you and he's allowing you to remain where you are because he needs you to be able to sustain more in your next season? So let's hash this out a little bit. Purpose number one, to show an unbelieving world that God still reigns supreme. If we were to look back at the passage, in verse 15, King Nebuchadnezzar, he asks the question, who is the God who will deliver you from my hand? What an honorary question. And it actually reminds me of the Titanic. I don't know if any of you um, 
know kind of the history behind the Titanic, but the long short of this is people were just saying that even God cannot sink this ship. If you've never seen the movie, I would encourage you to go and watch this movie thinking about that that they, they declared out of their mouths that even God, this ship is so fortified that God himself could not sink this ship. And well, if we know the ending of that story, we know that the Titanic did not make it. And in the same light, we have this king who is being honorary and saying, who, what, what God do you serve that can cause deliverance out of my hands? And then we turn around and because of this particular situation, this, this salvation that has come out of this fiery furnace, the same person who questioned the delivering God that we serve now out of his mouth has declared how good of a God we serve. The king says, blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And now no one is allowed to talk about the God of these three men to the point where the king got a little violent. And he said, if you talk against them, if you speak amidst of their God, I will cut you and burn your house down. That's in the word. That's what we read. So sometimes it may feel as though we are under pressure and we're trying our best to get out of it. But God is in a position where he wants people to understand that it does not matter your circumstance. It does not matter what pressure you're under. It does not matter what you may be going through. He wants to show the world that I still have my people, that I still have their back, that I am still with them, that even under pressure, I am still a God who reigns supremely. God has never promised us that we were going to live a struggle-free life. I think of Psalms 23 when it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. It says, Yea, though I walk through the valley. It doesn't say that we're going to bypass the valley. It doesn't say that we're going to bypass the dark times. But the, the next portion of that scripture says, For you are with me. So we may be going through struggles. We may be going through situations, but we need to remember that you are with me, God, that you are with us. So don't be so quick to dismiss the pressure because you may be dismissing what God is doing in the unbeliever's life. Purpose number two, to complete the work he has started within you. The last verse of this chapter, verse 30, it says, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There are benefits to reading a story all the way to the end. My question is, what are you trying to get out of that God is keeping you in? because there is a work in you that he needs to complete so that he can bring you to your next level. 
We understand that you may be in leadership positions. There are situations that may be going on in your life. There's promises that God may have given you that he hasn't fulfilled yet. And just maybe he hasn't delivered you out because he needs you to understand that I need you, I need your skin tougher. I need you not to be so sensitive. I need you to gird yourself up so that you can be able to withstand this elevation. There are some of you who are in the process of elevation, but God says, I have to keep you in the fire so that your, your clay, this lump of, of clay that is in the potter's hand will at one point turn to pottery. This is where God wants us. I know there has been, even for myself, times where I have felt like, God, can you just take me out of this? I know that we have the saying of he will never put more on us than we can bear. But in a situation that we are facing right now, it would seem as though God didn't quite know what he was saying because I feel like I cannot bear this load. But God knows exactly what he's doing. God is intentional in everything that he does. And he's intentional with this because there are positions and places where God needs his people. When we think about our government, when we think about our educational system, when we think about all of these things, we must understand that God is aligning his people in positions of influence because we are needed in this day and time. So I encourage you this morning, allow God to complete the work. Allow God to do what he has started and allow him to finish. Don't jump ship just yet. I know it's hot, I know it hurts. I know that there's been situations in your life right now that you are grieving. You're grieving the loss of a loved one. You're grieving the loss of your normalcy. You're grieving the loss of all of what's happening, the loss of your church community, your actual community where you live, all of what's happening, we're doing life differently. But understand that God knows exactly where you are and it is intentional. So this morning, again, if there is nothing else that you remember, I want you to remember that even when under pressure, God is with us. There may be some of us who it's just you're in a place where this has been hard for you to even grasp because it hurts that much. If you would allow me, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for those who are feeling under pressure. And I especially want to pray for those who are in leadership positions. And if this word has pierced your heart where you didn't even recognize you've been doing life without God, I want you to know that today is the best day to make a decision to walk this thing out with God, not just by your side, but God living within you. So I just want to take a few minutes to pray with you. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word that has gone forth. I pray, God, for each and every person who is in a position where they are experiencing pressure. 
where they are in a position where the heat would seem so hot and the intensity would seem so overbearing, let them know that you are with them. Remind them that in the midst of everything that they are going through, remind them to stop. Remind them to be still and to know that you are God and you are with them. I pray for every person who is in a leadership position. I pray, God, that you would give them strength. I know that people are tired, people are overwhelmed, people are feeling the burden of this pressure. But also help us to understand that where we are weak, Lord, you are made strong. So let us find strength in our weakness because we know, God, that is where you will show up. So give our leaders strength. God, touch their minds, their bodies. God, even as they lead during a time that is just blind to us because we've never experienced it before, give them wisdom and to know that you are with them. And Father, I pray for those who have heard this word and their hearts were pierced. God, and that they are open to receiving you as their Lord and Savior. If that's you, repeat after me. Lord, I recognize you as God. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And in that, that I am now able to receive your free gift of eternal life. And one of the benefits of that gift is that you are with me. God, we thank you for all of the people who have watched and who will watch. And we pray, Lord, for the reminder that you are with us even in hard times. So Lord, we lift you up and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. If that was you and you received Christ into your life, you have made a wonderful decision. And as you walk this out, if you are not connected to a church home, we encourage you to reach out to us. And so if you have accepted Christ as your savior, I'm going to ask that you would reach out um, and connect with us. Email us at info at alccame.org so that someone can connect with you and help you walk out this new decision that you have made. And I also want to encourage you and anyone else who may just need prayer that immediately after service, we have um, a Zoom link that you can click on, and you can actually have prayer one-on-one -on -one with men and women who can just walk you through what you may be experiencing. I want you to consider this as a sort of virtual altar call, because there are, you may have heard these words, but there are touch points that we want to make sure we have for you. So we encourage you after the service to click on the link and join us in prayer as we help you navigate through this. And so I thank you for this time and I want you to remember 
that even under pressure, God is with you.